the area of focus that the Holy Spirit has put in my heart to talk to you about today is stress freedom from stress and I see some of you shaking your head like oh pastor I need this already I need this already now now that that title of the message today it, it can be a little bit misleading and let me tell you why and I don't mean to mislead you but let me just tell you why this title might be a little bit misleading and that is it's a little misleading because we can never completely eliminate stress in our lives there there is always going to be a certain amount or level of stress in our lives we cannot eliminate it but we can learn how to manage that stress and we can learn how to minimize the stress in our lives how, how many of you here this morning need your stress level to come down a little bit just just yeah I kind of figured that kind of figured that this message today would be relevant for a lot of people if I if I may here at the very beginning of the message today let me just give you a, a little working definition of what I'm talking about when I talk about stress stress is that gap between the demands placed on you and how many of you have a lot of demands that you feel like have been placed on you but it's that gap between the demands that are placed on us and the strength and the time and I'll even go as far as to say the gifts the talents and the abilities that you have in meeting those demands I don't mind telling you that some days when I get into the office and you know I begin to make that uh, daily task list and then I see the size of that daily task list and then I look over here and I see how much time and energy and gifts and talents and abilities that the Lord has given me I don't mind telling you sometimes I get stressed I get stressed and some of you may not know this but the person who can teach us the most about stress is Jesus did you know that Jesus himself even confronted and battled stress in his own life and maybe the point at which his stress was at a climax was when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane as he was on his way to the cross. And the Bible said that as he was praying that his sweat became as great drops of blood. And that was because of the stress of that moment. And he prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And so what I would like for us to do this morning is I would like for us to see what Jesus has to say about stress. How did he manage stress in his life? How did he keep the stress level at a minimal in his life? In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, and I've chose to read this today from the message paraphrase version of the Bible. And, and here's what Jesus says to some people who were being stressed out as a result of the demands of religion that was being placed upon them. And, and Jesus said this, he said, are you tired? Let me ask you this morning, is there anybody here tired today or weary? And he said, are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out on religion? He said, if so, he said, come to me get away with me and you'll recover 
your life. Oh, that's what God wants to do here this morning. He wants to help somebody recover a life that is being destroyed by stress. And here's what he said. He said, I'm going to show you how to take a real rest. He said, here's how you do it. He said, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And so we're going to let Jesus be our example this morning. And we're going to learn some things, some principles from Jesus about how to live with a, a minimal amount of stress in our lives. He said, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. He said, I'm not going to lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. He said, if you'll keep company with me, you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I think that's what all of us want here this morning. You go back to the King James Version of that passage of Scripture, and he said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, or take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Now listen, it is not our job. It is not, it is, is not our desire to stress people out at Summerton Church of God with the demands of religion. Is that all right? We don't, we don't ever want you to be stressed. We don't, we don't ever want demands on you here to cause you to be stressed out because of the expectation or the demands that religion place upon you. And, and, and sometimes that can happen in a church. Sometimes people are trying to serve in areas of ministry that they don't have the gifts and the talents and the abilities to serve in. And let me tell you, when you're trying to serve in an area of ministry that you don't have gifts, talents, and abilities to accomplish that, it's not what God has called you to do. It'll stress you out. Somebody say amen. Because every week you're stressing out, thinking, I don't have what it takes to do this job. But God does have a place for everybody that fits your gifts, talents, and abilities. So that when you do it, it doesn't weary you, it doesn't stress you, but it motivates you, it energizes you, because it's your passion, your heart, it's what motivates you. So we're not going to carry the burden of religion in this house. We're not going to be stressed by the demands of religion in this house. Somebody say amen to that. Praise God. But I do want to show you some principles this morning that Jesus teaches us about how to minimize the stress level in our lives. And the first thing that Jesus would tell us is this. He would tell us that if you want to minimize stress in your life, then you need to know who you are. This is a principle of identification. Now, now, Jesus was able to minimize stress in his life because he knew who he was. And when you know who you are, you're not spending your life trying to be somebody that you're not. Not trying to meet the demands that other people try to place upon you by trying to get you to be somebody that God never created you to be. And notice what Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 12. He knew who he was. He said, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. I love what he said in John chapter 8, verse 18. He said, I am he who testifies about myself. Do you know what that means? Jesus was saying, I don't need anybody to tell me who I am. I know who I am because I've gotten my identity from my father 
And 18 different times in Scripture, get this, 18 different times in Scripture, Jesus says, I am. He says, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. When you know who you are, it minimizes the stress in your life because you don't have to pretend to be somebody you're not. Amen? Now... I told the folks here yesterday that when I talk about identity, I'm talking about the truest thing about you. So if I were to ask you this morning, what do you believe is the truest thing about you? No doubt, some of you here this morning, the truest thing about you that you believe about yourself is a lie, and you've built your life around a lie because of what somebody said about you. Maybe somebody said you'll never amount to anything. Maybe somebody called you dumb. Maybe somebody called you stupid. And you've built your life around that lie. But let me tell you that as a follower of Jesus Christ, listen to me, the truest thing about you is you are in Christ. That's the truest thing about you. You are in Christ. And in Christ, you have been adopted. And in Christ, you are loved. And in Christ, you are God's masterpiece. And God is going to make something beautiful out of your life. Why don't we just give him some thanks and praise for that? Hallelujah. You've got to know who you are. But the second thing that Jesus would say is you've got to know who you're trying to please. Because, listen to me. You cannot please everybody. Jesus lived a perfect life. You say, well, if I could just be perfect. A lot of people try to be perfect so that others will accept them. Guess what? You can live a perfect life and they still are going to have problems with you. Jesus lived a perfect life and he still didn't please the majority. They still put him on a cross. They still crucified him. But notice what Jesus said in John chapter 5 verse 30. He said, I can do nothing of my own initiative. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because, I love this, he said, I do not seek my own will. In other words, I'm not even here to please myself. But he said, I'm here to do the will of him who sent me. And then he said this in John 8, 29, He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Your purpose in life just needs to be please the Father, please God. And hey, I've got some inside news for you this morning. God is a whole lot easier to please than people are. <laughs> now that right there will help you with a lot of stress in your life. If you'll just learn to live your life to please God. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians 1 and 20, he said, for I am now seeking the favor, or he said, am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? You've got to decide that. He said, or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, he said, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. In other words, he's saying that if I were still living to please man, I would be a slave to man. I would be in bondage to man. 
But he said, I'm not living to please men. I'm living to please God. So therefore, I'm a bond servant. I'm a slave. I'm, I, I belong to God. And you've got to understand, no matter how hard you try, you're never going to please everybody. You'll be lucky if you please somebody. I need y'all to help me preach this morning. Don't just sit there and look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Surely I'm not the only one that's experienced this in my life, but you've got to decide who it is that you're trying to please because you will stress yourself to death. You will experience sickness and disease in your body if you are living your life trying to please everybody. It just cannot happen. And then notice what Jesus would tell us. He would say, you don't just need to know who you are and who you're trying to please, but you need to know what it is that you're trying to accomplish. You need to know your purpose. You need to know why God has created you and placed you here on this earth. And again, that's important because if not, you're going to stress yourself out trying to do what everybody else thinks you ought to do with your life. Here's what Jesus said in John 8, 14. He said, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true. Because he said, I know where I came from. And I know where I'm going. Well, I tell you, that'll take a lot of stress off of you right there. How many of you know where you came from this morning? And how many of you know where you're going? Jesus knew what his mission was. He knew what he was here to accomplish in John 18 and 37. He said, to this end, I was born. In other words, he said, this is the reason I was born. Now listen, Jesus wants us to know this morning that we can know the reason we were born. We can know the purpose for why we exist here on this earth. And he said, to this end, I was born. And for this cause, I came into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. And then he says in Luke chapter 4, verse 43, he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other places too because that is why I was sent. Do you know why you're here? Do you know what your purpose is? Listen, if you don't, we want to help you discover that. We want to help you discover what your calling is. We want to help you discover what your purpose in this world is. We want to help you discover the reason why you were born. We believe that God has given us everything that we need. God is not trying to hide his purpose and his will from you. God is wanting to reveal that to you. But all you've got to do is just take a little time, a little bit of energy to discover what it is that God has called you to do, purposed you to do, what your mission in life is. Because if you don't, you're going to stress out trying to do what everybody else tells you you ought to do with your life. Stress. There's another thing that Jesus would tell us. We want to eliminate stress, minimize stress in our life. Focus. On one thing at a time here's what Jesus said in Matthew 6 33 he said seek you first the kingdom of God and that's what his focus was no matter how many times people tried to distract him he stayed focused on his mission isn't it easy in our culture isn't it easy to get distracted from what God's called us to do from the most important things in our lives Jesus encountered a woman who had gotten distracted from the most important thing in Luke chapter 10 
I love this story because I think so many of us can find ourselves in this story. But it it says that that it happened that as Jesus and his disciples entered a certain village, that a certain woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. Now, I know there's a lot of you ladies that when, and and even some of you gentlemen, that that when you have guests over to your house, you want everything to be perfect. You want to be a good host or hostess. And, And that's the way that Martha was, I mean, hey, Jesus is coming to her house. Now, let me ask you, if Jesus were coming to your house, what would your response be? And notice what happens here. That a woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her house, and she had a sister called Mary. Now, there's some Marthas in this room today who have a sister named Mary. Not literally, but figuratively speaking. And notice what Mary was doing. Mary also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. Now, now that was totally against what that culture allowed. Because women were not allowed to sit at the feet of a rabbi and to learn from that rabbi. But Jesus allowed Mary to sit at his feet and learn from the words that he was speaking. That's where Mary was. But what was Martha doing? But Martha was distracted with much serving. Isn't this crazy? Jesus is in her house. And Jesus is not going to be on this earth very long. And instead of her taking advantage of that opportunity to do what Mary's doing, she's distracted. She's busy trying to make sure that everything else is in order, that the food is cooked, that it's put on the right trays, that it's at the right temperature, that everybody gets served. But it says that Mary was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. She wanted to pull Mary in. And listen, there's people in this world that want to pull you in on their busyness. They'll want to pull you in on their distractions. They'll want to try to pull you away from the most important thing in your life but Jesus answered Mary and here's what he said or Martha and said to her Martha Martha you are worried and troubled Martha you are stressed about many things but one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her now get this picture you've got Martha stressed running around the house trying to make sure that everything else is done and then you've got Mary who doesn't look like she's got an ounce of stress in her life because she's sitting at the feet of Jesus doing the most important thing that's why the Apostle Paul said this he said this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and looking to those things which are before he said I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus I'm gonna keep my focus I'm not going to let anything distract me and I'm not going to try to be a multitasker thought I was gonna get an amen right there for sure but I'm gonna stay focused on one thing at a time God has called me to do here's another thing that Jesus would tell us this morning if we need to deal with this and be free from some stress in our lives he would say to us stop trying to do everything yourself 
If this is a principle, it would be the principle of delegation. Jesus, the Son of God, understood his mission. And he understood, I cannot accomplish this mission alone. And so the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 3, he appointed 12. Notice, he didn't elect 12, and he didn't vote on 12. He appointed 12 so that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out demons. Notice, Jesus is saying, I understand I'm going to have to delegate some things. I'm going to need some help if I'm going to be able to accomplish this mission, to fulfill, to finish this mission that God has given to me. Can I tell you the reason why we are reluctant to enlist the help of other people? Two things, I think, probably more, but two that we need to be aware of this morning. One is perfectionism. We will not delegate to somebody else. We'll not turn something over to somebody else because we're concerned that they won't be able to do it as good as we do it. And, 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 and we're thinking the whole time, well, I'm just going to have to go behind them and do it over the right way. So I might as well just go ahead and do it myself to begin with perfectionism but can I tell you it's not just perfectionism that keeps people from enlisting the help of others it's also praise you say what are you talking about pastor praise we want to be the ones to get the recognition we want to be the ones that everybody comes to and says oh wow what a great job you did and that's wonderful we all need that kind of recognition and encouragement along the way but sometimes it can keep us from enlisting the help of other people because we don't want to share the glory we don't want to share the spotlight we want all the praise and all the recognition for ourselves but Jesus said if you're gonna eliminate some stress in your life you got to learn you can't do everything by yourself you need to enlist the help of other people and then he would tell us this number six he would say make a habit of personal prayer praying people are peaceful people and by that I mean they're not stressed with everything that's going on in their life because they know that God is in control. Did you know that Jesus, the Son of God, when he was here on this earth, prayed? And he prayed a lot. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, he said, While it was still night, way before dawn, Jesus got up and went out to a secluded spot and he prayed and that's one of the reasons that Jesus was able to work through the stress in his own life is because he stayed on his knees he stayed before his father listen there is power in prayer there's power in spending time with God when it comes to the stress issues in our lives I love what the Apostle Paul says here in Philippians chapter 4 Verses 6 and 7, he says everything that I'm wanting to say here this morning. He says this, he said, don't worry about anything. I was teaching the folks here at Super Saturday yesterday, our growth track. I was teaching the folks about the Word of God and how important it is that we meditate on the Word of God. And, and, and I know some people say, well, I don't meditate. I don't, I don't know how to meditate. Yes, you do. If you worry, you know how to meditate. 
because worry is meditating. Worry is focusing on something that probably is never going to happen and allowing it to stress you out. And so Paul says, don't worry about anything. And the Greek word for anything, let me tell you what it means. It means anything. You don't worry about anything, no matter what it is. You don't worry about yourself physically. You don't worry about it financially. You don't worry about things relationally. You don't worry about it, but instead of worrying about it, because worrying never fixed anything. Instead of worrying, here's what Paul said. He said, pray about everything. Our problem is we do just the opposite. We worry about everything and don't pray about anything. But he said, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. If you do this, you won't be stressed, but you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Pray. Find you a secluded spot and pray. And then, finally, here's what Jesus would say. If you want to eliminate and minimize stress in your life, take time off to enjoy life. God doesn't mind you having fun. God doesn't mind you enjoying life. God wants you to enjoy life. Listen to this passage of Scripture. I love this passage, Mark chapter 6. Beginning at verse 30, it says that the apostles, the disciples, returned to Jesus from their ministry tour. They've been out on their big bad ministry tour. And the Bible says they told Jesus all that they had done and what had been, you know, what had been taught. About all the demons had been cast out, the people that had been healed. And Jesus looked at them and he said, well, here's what you need now, guys. He said, let's get away from the crowds for a while and rest. Rest. And then he said there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. And then verse 32, look at this. It says, they left by boat for a quieter spot. For many of you here in this room today, the most spiritual thing that you can do is go to the lake, get on a boat, find a quiet spot, and rest. Whoa, come on. Somebody ought to get with me on that one right there. That, that ought to be something that you're excited about. Go to the lake, get on a boat, find a quiet spot, and rest. Rest. You do know it made God's top ten, don't you? Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And the Sabbath is to be a day of rest. Not only was it one out of every seven days that you were supposed to rest, but he even said that one out of every seven years, you are to allow the land to rest. You're not to till it. You're not to plant any seed in it. You are to allow the land to rest. But do you know what the nation of Israel did? They went 490 years without allowing the land to rest, without giving the land of Sabbath. And so you know what God allowed to happen to them? He allowed them to go into bondage in Babylon. And do you know how long they were in Babylon? 70 years and listen to what the Bible says here it says that he took into exile talking about Nebuchadnezzar he took into exile in Babylon those who had escaped from the sword he's talking about guys like Shadrach Meshach Abednego Daniel took them and they became servants to him and to his sons until the establishment of the kingdom of Persia look at this to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah that until the land had made up for its Sabbaths 
until the land had made up for its Sabbaths, all the days that it lay desolate, it kept Sabbath to fulfill, look at this, 70 years. So for 490 years, they had failed to let the land have a Sabbath. And God said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to put you over here in Babylonian captivity. And for 70 years, the land is going to lay over here desolate. And it's going to make up for all those years that you didn't give it a Sabbath. And then once it's been made up, then you'll return back. And when you go back and study the history, 70 years to the day almost, the first group of Jews were allowed to leave Babylonian captivity and go back to Jerusalem and begin the process of rebuilding after 70 years in captivity went back and began to rebuild the city of Jerusalem and the house of God I'm telling you rest is important to God and rest is important to me as it relates to the body of Christ and as your pastor I'm saying to you this morning go to the lake get on a boat find a quiet place and rest perhaps no one encountered as much stress as Jesus did when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, the Bible tells us that his stress was so great that his sweat was like great drops of blood. But he teaches us through these principles that I've shared with you today, how we can minimize stress in our life. I'm not sure that we can ever completely eliminate it, but we can minimize it. And instead of it controlling us, we can have control over that stress. So I encourage you today, and if you're tired, if you're weary, if you're worn out, if you're stressed, maybe because of the demands of religion or the demands of other things in life, Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. So I encourage you, find rest in Jesus today.